Good morning to all. Today I would be uh, speaking on repentance and forgiveness. Um, this is one of the sermon um, that everyone I think would be challenged preparing it uh, because whatever you read or whatever you think about challenges you or pointing fingers to you. Um, but at the same time, um, repentance and forgiveness is um, one of uh, the values for us as a Christian that we cannot get away from. And, um, and so uh, we have to deal with it and we have to embrace it. We have to um, get to love it. Uh, last week, um, John was uh, speaking to us about uh, how we should put God first. And um, the issue of repentance and forgiveness um, is a sort of something from the heart of God just because of that um, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden did not put God first. And so in, in that sense, for us to continue to put God first, we need to remind ourselves of repentance and, and forgiveness as um, one of the core value of our work as, uh, as Christians. And of course, uh, the subject of repentance and forgiveness is so broad, we can spend the rest of our life to, to talk about it without really uh, going to uh, in-depth with it. So I'm really going to... Um, stay in a, in a framework of us as children of God, as, as believers, and uh, how uh, to continue to uh, reflect the light of Jesus, to continue to be representative of God, to live a life of uh, forgiveness and, and repentance. And um, as... Um, John was reminding us uh, last week that we need to put God first uh, as we, we begin this uh, series of the things that we need to, pick, to put in our bag, the things that we need to pack. Uh, putting God first is admitting that uh, God is perfect and he understands reality better. He knows us better. And uh, putting him first in our relationship with him would give us what we need to uh, live a life that pleases him because for us as, as a human, we are not like God. We are not perfect. We are fallible. We are sinful. And we are broken people living in a broken world. And so um, putting God first is that admitting every day, God, I may have got wrong here. I need you um, to uh, make the way. And as I mentioned earlier, that it's, it's all about sin. So it doesn't make sense to talk about uh, repentance and forgiveness um, if we don't look into the, uh, the problem of, of sin. And so uh, repentance and forgiveness are needed because of the brokenness that's brought to us by, by sin. And I was... Uh, Reading uh, about this sermon and reflecting, um, I like one of uh, one of the author who puts uh, 
sin, he described the sin a bit like um, what leprosy can be for, for the body, for the flesh. And so sin for our soul is, is a bit like what, what leprosy is, is for, the, uh, for the body. So leprosy begins to affect a uh, human body at the point that some, of your, some, the, some part of your body is not responsive anymore and then you start l- losing some of your, your members and it affects. And at some point, uh, part of our body is paralyzed just because of uh, the effect of uh, the leprosy. And so in that same sense, uh, that's what sin does to, to our soul, to, to our spirit. And um, God has created us uh, human uh, in his image so that we would have a communion with him, so that we would reflect um, who God is. And what sin does, sin comes a bit like that, that leprosy in our soul, and then begin to affect us in such a way that we don't look at reality as God um, wants us to to see. So sin is not simply... um, a bad behavior which is attached to, to a good person. Uh, sin is, is rather the, the motivation behind the behavior. Um, sin is, is a bit a, a distorted perception of reality because, because our soul is not a whole as God designed it anymore. So we're not able to see reality as, as we should. So things that are wrong, it becomes acceptable. This, this is what, what sins. So you accept um, that inner motivation in you that you're committing something wrong, but you don't feel it as, as wrong. This is, this is what, what sin is. And um, the biblical expression of, of sin is missing the mark. Uh, so we've been uh, watching uh, football, I suppose. We, we've been watching. Sorry for the ladies who um, are not that much interested into, in football. As uh, some of the games uh, have led to shooting penalties. And so sin would be like missing the goal, like, like not scoring that, that penalty that everyone was expecting. And so uh, the Bible talks about uh, sinning as that missing to do what God wants you to do. It's like everyone, millions of people expect you to score that penalty and then you just throw it anywhere. And everyone talks about it in the news the next day because the game wasn't enjoyable. Uh, but in terms of sin, it's, it's a matter of life and, and death. Um, and I would like to, to read um, a text in Luke chapter 1 where we see uh, interaction between um, Elizabeth and, and Mary. And I, I like that passage especially because for me it reflects uh, what a human being should be like. It reflects um, a human in a way that God created them with a pure spirit, with a pure soul that would be able to discern 
uh, what God wants, that would be able to discern spiritual things. And we see this uh, really playing out in interaction of Mary and, and Elizabeth in um, Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 39 to verse uh, 49. I will read uh, just a few verses in it. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are, among, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you would bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is he who has believed that the Lord would fulfill in his promise to her. And so what we see here in, in these interactions, we see the, the communication between uh, spirit between souls that is really um, dedicated to God. And um, uh, you have this beautiful image of uh, babies sensing the presence of God, sensing the, 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 the spirit of God in a, in a way that they can communicate with each other through other people. And in, in that interaction, you don't see a sort of hindrance something blocking that communication. Yet sin is, is that which blocks communication uh, between us and God. It's that thing that stands on the way as we, we look into the interaction um, between Mary and Elizabeth. It's like, I want to be like that. This is what I want to experience. If God is communicating something to me, I want my spirit to be so in tune, so alert, that I will not miss anything that the Spirit of God is, is, is communicating. And uh, another example of um, a sin that is a, a, um, a person or a soul that is corrupted by sin would be in number ch- chapter 22 where we read the story of Balaam, or Balaam, if you uh, want to put it other way, where... Um, Balaam become even um, less intelligent than a donkey. And um, it's a very strange story that he, he's having interaction with his donkey. He's not worried about it. But the, the point that I, I would like to uh, make with, with that story is let's read it first in, in number 22, verse 31 to 33. And of course... Uh, before that, you know the story that uh, he's going to curse the Israelites and then on the way his donkey sees God uh, and then the donkey just goes the way in a respect to, uh, to, to the angel of God and uh, what Balaam does is just hitting the, uh, the donkey and he doesn't pay attention at all. And then the donkey speaks. It says, verse 31, Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angels of the Lord standing in the, world, in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and, fall and, and fell face down. The angels of the Lord asked him, 
Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is reckless. One before me. The donkey saw me turn away from me these three times. If I had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared it. So what, what the text says is like the donkey is much useful to me than you. It's like I would preserve the life of the donkey and, um, and just kill you. So this is what, what sin does to our soul. It's really put a veil in a such a way that we're not able to see that reality anymore. Are the things that God created uh, in us, that image of God in us, is somehow dead. It's just like the battery of it is, is, is dead. It cannot do anything anymore. And so this is what happened to, to Balaam. He, because of the recklessness in his sinful life, he's not even able to see things that are obvious to animals. And, uh, and God says to him, the, the donkey says, says actually, make, have a bit of sense. Have I not been your donkey all this time? Have I ever behaved like this before? You know, why, why do you keep hitting me? And that, that story is, is fascinating in, in a way that uh, sin can make us to become less than an animal. Not that I, I had think something against animals, but in, 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 this, in this text, it's, it's like animal fear, fears God. And, and the sin in you causes you not to have a regard uh, for God at all. And so, um, so sin is that thing we as believers really need to take seriously and to, uh, yeah, to always have a reminder um, in our life that um, it, is, it is destructive. And um, all of us know that the end of it is, is death, is eternal death. And um, someone like uh, Balaam, if he uh, doesn't repent, and he's going to continue in that uh, recklessness and then to his death. And so repentance here is God provision for us to have our eyes open, to have our eyes washed away so that we become what God wants us to be. Against and repentance is not simply saying I am sorry. It's um, repentance is a bit like realizing that I need to change. This this is what what repentance is. Uh, the Bible uh, indicates about repentance as if you go in one direction and then you turn to go other way. That's that's the understanding of of repentance. It's not simply uh, sorry, I've, did, I've done this and that, that. It is realizing that uh, except I change, there is no difference going to be in my life. It, it's realizing that the sin has caused you to see things in a wrong way. And except you change, you're going to continue to see things that way. I need to change. I must change if I need to embrace the hope that is there without sin. 
And because God had made that provision of Jesus on a cross, it is a gift for us that I, even though I sin, there is a way for me to be restored back to what God wants me to be. And um, the, the desire to, to repent, it should be uh, something that is always permanent in us in a such a way that uh, when the Spirit is hinting us that we should not resist the idea of, of repenting. Because it would be a nudge from the Spirit of God that you, you may be losing your inner compass, your spiritual compass, and then you become a bit less than a donkey, if, if, if I can put it that way. Somehow, uh, repentance is a reminder to us, be a human, be what God wants you to be. It's... Um, Repentance is, is a gift from God. And the Jewish tradition indicates that the idea of, of repentance, I, we, as we understand in the Bible today, comes from uh, the way that the Israelites look at the interaction of uh, Moses with God. When, uh, when the Israelites were camping and, um, and Moses was going to meet God, to uh, when God was about to give him the commandment, the law, and then the, the Israelites start sinning and then make a golden calf and then they start worshipping it. And worshipping as this is our God. We don't know what has happened to Moses anymore, so this is the God who brought up from, from Egypt. And in that incident, God has spoken some words to Moses, and we read that in Exodus chapter 34. Uh, I will read from verse 6 to 9. Exodus 34. And he passed in front of Moses. This is God passing in front of Moses. And he passes in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiveness, and forgive, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to their third and fourth generation. Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped. Lord, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our weaknesses, our sin, and take us as your inheritance. And so Jewish tradition indicates that their understanding of forgiveness comes from Moses realizing the character of God. As we read, we read this text, looking at the way God talks about himself and as, as God speaks to Moses. Look at the way God describes himself. He says, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and the gracious. This is just a list of the character of God. A list of uh, who God is. 
a gracious God, slow to anger. This is the way God uh, described himself. Abounding in love and faithfulness. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiveness, weak, and forgiving weaknesses, rebellion and sin. You know, we have again and again and again that which describe who God is. And so the idea of repentance for, for, the, uh, for the Jewish people is the, realize, the realization is that this is who God is. And one would imagine this bit like Moses going, oh, wow, God, this is, this is who you are. And yet we sin against you. This is, this is how amazing you are. Compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithful. This, this is who you are, God. And yet, we, we don't realize it and, and we sin against you. And so, out of that realization flows from Moses' heart, and these are, these are his words. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness. And so Moses realizing that goodness, that amazing character of God, and then Moses bowed down in repentance, asking God, because what they did, they deserved to die. They deserved to be rejected by God. And then Moses bowed down and said, please God, take us back. So repentance here is, is not simply an idea of doing some, something shameful, but repentance is realizing how good, how awesome God is, and it is painful to hurt him. And so um, for us as, uh, as Christians, because we realize the love of God, a life of repentance should be something that we run to regular. And not only it would be a cleansing for, for our soul, like, like that leprosy, but it would be also a way for us to be ministering to the world. That we are a tribe that know how to forgive, that know how to recognize that uh, We've gone wrong. And so it's, it's good for us, and it is good for people who, who are around us. And um, some practical ways of uh, practicing uh, repentance regular could be uh, naming and confessing our, our sin. Sin is... is Something that uh, it's very uncomfortable to talk about, you know. Uh, even Christian church today doesn't want to talk about sin any, anymore. The society has, has, has framed the norm of the society in a such a way that people don't feel guilty anymore about, about sinning. This, this is what, what the society has done. Uh, rather... Rather than feeling guilty, we're more concerned by shame. This, this is what, what, what the society is today. The society has, has regulated the norms in such a way that a wrong thing becomes almost normal, almost legal. In that sense, people go about doing wrong without, without feeling guilt about it. 
And so for us as, as believers, recognizing the sin, naming the sin, and, and learning to confess it is, is one of the practical ways of being set free from the sin. You know, it, it would be very easy to be generic in terms of uh, the repentance and, and say, I am sorry, I, I have sinned. But if you name the sin, it's actually caused you to stop and, and to think about what, what you did. If I commit adultery, it's, I, I, I need to stop. And then, not simply, God, I have sinned. It's, God, actually, I have committed adultery. I need to talk to myself. It is, it is not a wrong that I did. I commit adultery. And then, learn to, uh, to confess. It's, it means that you... Somehow, you have to have around you someone that you trust, and then you go to, led by the Spirit to say that this is what I have done, and I would like you to be witness to to what I did. And what you doing there? Because because the enemy wants the the sin that we commit. The enemy wants it to stay hidden or. Not, not to be public. And, and this is why the society today is more concerned with, with shame than, than guilt. But uh, the practice of confession is a spiritual strength that would give us <clears throat> that, that power to always keep God first. And then um, that, that was repentance. Forgiveness... <clears throat> Forgiveness is also a, a gift from God. Um, the idea of forgiveness for, for the Jewish people, it's a sort of a legal term for uh, someone who has um, lent money to someone and then, or someone who, who is in debt. And then the person who was actually lent the money would decide to forego that, that debt's like, I don't want you to pay me back that money that you owe. And this is the idea of forgiveness. That's, that's, uh, that legal, uh, technical expressions come from there. You are supposed to be paying that debt, but the person to whom you owe the money would decide, no, I don't want you to pay back. I let it go. And this is what God does for us with, uh, with the cross that because of our sinful nature, uh, we are destined to destruction by God's standard. And then the Jesus say that you don't have to die. I have paid that for you. We've received forgiveness. And so the practice of forgiveness for us as, um, as children of God is also realizing that because God has bestowed his grace upon us, we need to regularly remind ourselves that God has forgiven me. I also need to forgive. So forgive, forgiveness goes in two sense for us as, as Christians. We need to be quick 
in repentance in a sense that asking for forgiveness when we realize that we wrong um, people, we should be really prompt in asking forgiveness. But also we should live a life that we always forgive others. Release forgiveness. When we uh, take communion like, like we did last week, communion is a reminder that God has forgiven our sins. And because it's something that we do uh, regular, we, um, we may not see the, the death of it. But whenever we, uh, we take communion, we are reminding of Jesus' cross, of course, but also it is a reminder to ourselves that I, I was a sinful. I am not sinful anymore because I have been forgiven by, by God. And so the understanding of grace is crucial for releasing uh, forgiveness. Some of us, we had to live a life of forgiveness um, Every day for me, uh, sometimes because of because of the color of my skin, I just have to forgive people every day, you know, uh, because um, sadly, uh, my my the color of my skin somehow is associated with bad people, and so in most cases when I walk around, it's, here comes the bad guy, <laughs> you know, and so. I know that I'm not a bad guy, but I have to live with forgiving people who think of me that day, every day. You know, you would be walking and then you, you go past someone, especially ladies. <laughs> and so with their hand back, if you go in this way, they will just shift their hand back this other way so that I don't snatch it. <laughs> you know, those are the things that happens to me almost on a daily basis. But because I know that this is not who I am, so I, I have to, it's just, it's just a default way of living a life to, to forgive, you know. What's the point of getting in an argument with, with this? But the point I'm, I'm trying to, to make here is that for, for us as, as a believer, we should never run out of grace of forgiving people. Like our tank of grace should always be filled. Watch out into uh, how low the uh, the tank of your of your grace is, is happening. A bit like like, like your your telephones. Put it on charge all the time. Don't let it go that it is five uh, percent or or three percent or one percent. You always want your your the battery of your phone to be on the green. So we need to refill our our tank of grace, charging it all the time in a such a way that it's not a problem for us to forgive and uh, to encourage other people to, to, to practice, to do the same. And um, so I, I put this in a, in, in a context that it is important for us as uh, believers to have this value of repenting and the values of releasing forgiveness uh, every day. And the reason we're sitting here today in worship and, and uh, having the freedom to call God Abba Father is because we've, we've experienced forgiveness. 
is because we've made, we've made the step of repenting of our sin. So repentance and forgiveness are somehow the door that leads us into the presence of God. We have to walk through it. But beside being the door that leads us to God, it's also the door through which we walk our daily life because it's not simply in a relationship with God, but it's also in a relationship with one another. So it is one of those things that we always need to have in our pack bag so that we don't, we don't miss it. And, um, and connected to the idea of uh, repentance and forgiveness is also the importance of baptism. If, if this is your first step towards God, baptism is uh, one of the things that needs to follow because um, when you repent, you receive the forgiveness of God. And uh, baptism is a bit a sign or a symbol of indication that I am different. Now, there is something that has happened to me which is so important, and I want to publicly state it. And, and, and baptism is, is a bit like... Uh, a sign of covenant. The people of Israel, they, they had to have circumcision. The circumcision is to be like a physical sign to them as people who belong to God. And for us, entering the, in, the, in the new covenant, the idea of, of baptism is one of those practices that you externalize the, the internal change that has happened to you, you publicly declare to other people, I am circumcised in my heart. I want you to know that I am a different person. You make that, that public statement. So the, the baptism somehow is also connected to the idea of uh, repentance and forgiveness. And do not forget that as long as we would be living in a broken world where the sinful, uh, um, sinful things happening in, a, in our society, not only we would have to live a life of, of repentance and forgiveness, but we should be modeling it. It's one of the things that is, that is so strong in our, in our society today is that people are so quick to react with anger. And so the Christian church needs to be these examples of, of atrocity can happen, but we need to forgive. And, and except we as a church can model that, we as, we as a church can, can express that, uh, the society has nowhere to go. And so it, it is our calling, it is our responsibility in our practice of repentance and, and forgiveness. We, we tell the rest of the world that there is another way. Rather than simply retaliating, there is, there is another way. And then causing people to uh, learn to forgive and it, it would work out, it would make our society to be in a better place and then open a door for the, for the gospel of Jesus to be preached. And then with the hope of being in eternity with God where there is no more sin, where there is no need to repent anymore because we would be in the presence of God 
as forgiven people, as people that their leprosy has been cleansed. And the, I like the finish of the story of uh, Naaman, who was um, a Syrian uh, commander who was with the leprosy. And when he obeyed the voice of God through one of, one of those slaves, and then he went and he dipped himself in the in water. And the Bible says that his, his flesh that was leprous become as the flesh of a child. And so one day, all of us, despite our sinful nature, we are going to be in the presence of God, innocent as a child, where we would admire the presence of God because there would not be any memory, any record of our, of our sin anymore because God would have washed our leprosy away. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you for your blood, for accepting to make that sacrifice so that we would discover the power of grace and the grace that we need every day to run, to run into your arm in repentance and a grace that we daily need also to forgive each other and to forgive those who offend us. Lord, these are not easy things. We're not able to do it by our own mind, by our own power. But Lord, we want to ask you to continue to fill um, the tank of our grace every day so that repentance and forgiveness should be things that we enjoy. In Jesus' name, amen.